Welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans, we bring you Michigan football each and every week. My name is Caleb, and with me as always is Craig. And, you know, fortunately we don't say it too often, but sometimes you enjoy this and sometimes you don't. Yeah, this is one of those shows where I'm like dreading it. <laughs> I'm, I'm look, you know, I look forward to every show, but then it's one of the. You're right; it's one of those shows you just can't. You're trying to must you. You have so much information you want to put out there to the fans of ours, and it's just so much there to unravel, and it just makes you more mad. And the more mad you get, the more you can't. I can't. Uh, put into words anything I need to say now. I just, so yeah, I agree with you, man. It's yeah. One of those shows, right? Yeah. We've got a lot to talk about a lot to cover for sure. So, um, we'll go ahead and just jump right into, I guess, uh, cause I think we're going to go off in quite a few different directions with this to a certain degree. Uh, but we do have voicemails. Um, I, uh, first of all, actually, before we, really officially i guess get started apologies last time for the episode um there was a little bit of an issue i had a new device hooked up to my computer that had a microphone built into it which actually kind of overrode uh some settings that i was not aware of until afterwards so any music any sound effects anything like that nothing none of that came through we were going to cover a voicemail that somebody left us last week and that didn't come through because I played that through this uh, through a tablet to get it through here. So that all got messed up. Um, and we will get to that voicemail. I'm probably going to go ahead and hold off on to that, that until next week just because I feel like we have a lot that we're going to talk about with the Outback Bowl this week. Um, and I already uh, I knew who the person was. They were letting me know ahead of time on Twitter. So I let them know directly because I think that sucks that that happened with their voicemail, but, and that sucks that that happened with the episode, but the audio kind of came through. Uh, you should have been able to hear it, but this time everything should be back to normal. Went through, we did a sound test. Normally we don't do sound tests. So maybe that's just kind of a lesson where we need to do sound tests each and every week, but we'll see, but we will roll with it and we will go to voicemails. Yeah. So we have, well, Oh, go ahead. No, I said, let's do it. All right. Yeah, we've got three this week, so we'll just we start. To, we have to bleep out anything, any words. I don't know. I haven't listened to them. <laughs> okay. We always go into this with uh, no knowledge whatsoever what is on the uh, voicemail. Yeah. So. Oh, we're, yeah. That's as raw as you get, man. Yeah. We, hey, we keep it real. Keep it yeah, real. we do. We definitely keep it real here. All right. Here we go. Let's go ahead and get started with the first voicemail and get that rolling. Hey, it's Kirby. How you guys doing? Uh, following up on the uh, bowl game from yesterday, I uh, I had hope in the first half, and then obviously it was pretty dismal in the second half. Um, but you know what? It wasn't really anything different than we had seen all year, and and the problems with the offensive line. And the pass pro, I mean, and the quarterback play, it's just not that. I mean, I've seen people on Twitter complaining that we had a whole month to prepare. But those things, I mean, we didn't fix them all season. How is another month going to help? You know, I just don't. I, I'm not apathetic, but it's getting hard to, you know, I, I had a hard time being. I was down after the loss last day, probably like an hour. I had a hard time not – I mean, I had a hard time, like, feeling bad about it. It's not like I saw anything yesterday that I didn't see all season long. Um, looking forward to next year. I saw glimpses of the future with DPJ in the first half, making some, some nice catches, um, some nice moves. The uh, – the quarterback position is going to be interesting in the off season. It'd also be interesting to see what he does with his assistants. Uh, talking about Harbaugh and uh, the offensive coordinator and the offensive line coach. 
and the running backs coach. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not, not out of the realm of possibility and that's exactly what happened. So not, I don't really have a whole lot more to say about yesterday's game. Uh, but I'm looking forward to the future and, uh, I think 2018 is going to be great and 2019 is going to be magical. Hopefully that's all hopefully, but it's, it's there. They just need to develop it to where it needs to be. So, uh, thanks again, you guys for a great season. Um, I'll keep listening. Go blue. All right. Thanks Kirby for all the voicemails. Uh, thank you for that yep. one. Yeah, the uh, <clears throat> the interesting thing that I'll uh, talk a moment on from what he said, and then I'll hand it off to you, Craig, for your thoughts on it. Um, he had it exactly right. This was not uh, anything we haven't seen before. This probably was the most magnified of how bad things were. Yeah. Um, I mean, you saw because, I don't know, it was just bad. There were, There were other bad games, but this was just bad all over the place. First half was kind of like, you know, you don't really know what to think because uh, it's a big defensive battle, but then the second half was just complete meltdown. So, uh, and that was a good point on uh, how he phrased it of saying that even giving them a month to prepare, what do you think is going to change if they haven't changed it all season? So, um, very good thing to point out there on that part. Yeah, I, well, with Kirby, I think, you know, he's, you know, he brought up a pretty good point. It was, in a way, you know, made me think that, <laughs> you know, rethinking is, am I surprised? Not really, in a way. Well, I'm always surprised, but, but like he said, is, yeah, the inept on offense has been our struggle all year round. So, in a way, that's, he, he, <laughs> He knew this would kind of happen, but, uh, yeah, I get what he's saying. Yeah, there's definitely more that we're going to cover that's going to tie into some of the other things that he said, too. But we're going to hit the other voicemails before we get too far down that uh, conversation. So uh, we'll move on to the second voicemail here. Hi, this is good old Jim P. Uh, Twitter, I'm the Jim P. L9, and I'm in Bowling Green, Kentucky about an hour from Nashville in that dreaded, dreaded SEC turf. So anyways, yesterday, is debacle a good word? Pathetic? Corpse? I don't know. It's They were dead coming out. I don't know. Well, I take that back. The defense wasn't dead. They're exempt from any rant. They played their ass off, as usual, especially, you know, Mohurst, Winovich, and they bring it every day. But, geez, on offense, really? I just – something's got to go because is it me or did it seem like you'd see Drevno talking in the earpiece and then Harbaugh's like grabbing the mic and, no, 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 you know, like overruling him all the time. I guess going from conservative to ultra-conservative until the end when it's – on the last drive, it's second and one, pass, third and one, pass, fourth and one or two, whatever, deep ball, picked off. I had no Khalid Hill at all. I know Mason. I know they're showcasing Mason a little bit, trying to see what he can do. Same with Runyon. I get that. But guys, uh, we could have drank uh, a case of Molson and concocted a, a better game plan than that. Our wide receivers look lost. He, I tell you, he. Uh, I know it's easy for us to say this, but they need a ex-pro wide receiver to come in and coach these these young fellows, teach them how to separate, how to run good routes. Athletes are there. It's just the technique and stuff apparently is lacking. A lot of work this off season, eating a lot of crow from the other schools. But go blue to the end. Thanks for taking my call, guys. Have a good day. All right, Jim. Another uh, 
regular with the voicemails. Appreciate that as always. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's there was a lot that went wrong, both offensively and defensively uh, on the defensive side as well. But if anybody did show up, it was the defense. They held their ground most of the time. Uh, and uh, Craig and I actually watched the game with uh, Craig's brother and our uh, friend that we bring up a lot, Brandon, who we used to work with. And uh, you even said it yourself, Craig. The uh, the defense did do well, but there were a couple times where you just saw them give up. Uh, it, I mean, at least that's what it looked like watching on the TV, where it was just like, yeah, maybe they still wouldn't have been able to finish it if they kept running, but they – there were they're right there on the edge, and you're just kind of like you hate seeing that giving up that uh, um, that just happen when everything's falling loose, and especially with the defense, which is like the cornerstone, where it's just like if the defense can't hold it together, then there's no way that this game is going to go well. Yeah, yeah, that's a great great point. Just uh, defense balled out in the beginning, and then. Yeah, it's just like I've said before many, many times on this show and I'll keep saying is defenses at times, really good defenses like ours, you know, they hold up. They can only hold up so long when they see that the offense really isn't doing much. They're just, they can, they're almost, you can kind of tell their body posture is just like, hey, you know what? You guys can't do anything. So, you know. You know, there's times where you're just going to need the defense, like you said, pull 90% of their weight <laughs> in this game. They pulled a lot of their weight, one ninety percent You know, they did like 70, but uh, that, reg- that regular 30% was all uh, Gamecocks after that. So. Yeah, it was rough for sure. Uh, and then we've got one more voicemail here to uh, end things off, so let's get that started. Good morning, fellas. Y'all already know who this is. Um, SD Brown. So, end of the season, been a lot of beefing on Twitter. I mean, a lot of beefing. Um, some people are on this wave, this train of, you know, 85, whatever kind of year. I'm on the wave and train of not good enough. You know they're young, just not good enough. Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting being a Michigan fan now because there's a lot of infighting. Um some of the players are so crazy. It's like, you know, some of the fans attack other fans for being fans. Some of the players attack fans for being passionate. I don't get it. I don't. Um, especially living in Alabama, you just see so much when, when you're in SEC country. Uh, just a lot of winning down here. But I guess, you know, expecting 11 wins is too much. I don't know. I know. I know, you know, I know the team's young. I know that, but man, I mean, football is still football. At the end of the day, is blocking and tackling. That's it. Nothing really hard about it. So this has been a been, a, been an odd year. Um, I look forward to the show. I don't know what to expect next year. I know that there's coaches who are not going to be there next year. Thank goodness, because they're not earning their money. Let's just be real. I know there's some players who who won't be starting. Some might be transferring because they're not that good. Let's just be real. Um, but this team has to get it together. Chase Winovich. Just um, about 30 minutes ago, said he's coming back. That's great. Uh, hopefully, Shea can be eligible. I, I saw Brandon Peters in the bowl game. No disrespect to the young man. That ain't it. He's not it. I, I like I like him. I wanted him to be it. I was wrong about O'Callaghan. I, I can be wrong about multiple things. I was wrong about Peters. He ain't. The, he's not the dude. It's not the offensive line. It's not the receiver. It's not the running back. He's his not that guy. Is Shay? I don't know. Is McCaffrey? I don't know. But Brandon ain't it. Um, Tariq, hopefully he'll come back. It's a lot, man. It's a lot. The mentality just needs to change. The talent is there. The mentality needs to change. These guys need to know that they go into the game wanting to win, and they need to actually win. You look at the Alabama game the other night, those guys went in there. They were going to dominate Clemson. I want Michigan to get to that because I know they can. That's all I'm ever saying. Go into the game expecting to win. That's all. It's really not hard. But that's about coaching and mentality, and hopefully it gets fixed. Love the show, guys. I'm going to keep supporting you all no matter what, but things have to change. And it starts with the coaching staff. By Drevno, by Slay, maybe Pep, I don't know. We've got to change, we've got to change now. No more excuses next year. None. None at all. Go Blue. All right, Steven. Yeah. Appreciate it. Always entertaining. Always appreciate the voicemails. Um, and always appreciate the insight. Um, 
tons of things that he always brings up and uh, a lot of great points there. I think I am going to kind of springboard from his conversation and and get things going into our wide open discussion because I'm going to use part of what he said and then it's going to be kind of free roam from there. Um, talking about the quarterback play and Brandon Peters. Um, this was a, I guess you would say a, a prime example of Peters playing against really good competition. And I know that he played part of the time against Wisconsin so basically the best defenses that he faced was Wisconsin and South Carolina and you saw him completely look lost out there. And yep. that is part of him being so young, not saying that he cannot change and he cannot improve, but how everybody a lot of people were saying, "Oh, if we had Brandon Peters for the entire Wisconsin game, if we had Brandon Peters for the Ohio State game, it would have been different." This shows you that's no guarantee. Brandon Peters, um, uh, not not you know throwing him under the bus and like treating him like crap, just calling it how it is, um, staring down receivers, not looking comfortable, making poor decisions, making poor decisions that he had never made in any of the other games that he played. Because I mentioned in the preview episode that he hadn't thrown an interception, and then he comes in here and throws two with some very poor judgments. So he just looked uncomfortable and everything. Uh, it was it was not a good showing for Brandon Peters to say the least. Yeah, yep, yeah, I agree. I and mean, you know what, you know, let's, you know, let's start. You know, I'll start with the good and bad. I, you know, and and I'll say the hookup between Peters and Nico Collins was, I thought, a pretty good thing. I think I think. The, the bright moments in that game was Nico and getting up there and seeing his height and getting the top of the ball and catching that. That's, that's going to tell you how well that kid's going to do. And i um, pretty impressed by him, seeing him getting into the fold and into this game and to use him, Harbaugh using him. That's great. Those are all pluses. Um, but you're right. I'll say this about Brandon Peters, and I'll piggyback off what Steven said. You know, there are moments that you look at, and 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 what re- resonated with me in that game was the very fact is uh, Brandon Peters' body posture, his demeanor in that particular game remind me in in a way of Eli Manning in the NFL, where he kind of shrugs his shoulders and pouts and almost looks like defeated when the game's halfway over. He looked like he was going off to the sidelines, kind of mopey, and. The offense feeds off that. You you know what? I'm sorry, but you know what? You get the running backs, the offensive line, you get the receivers, the tight ends, all in play to want to be cohesive. And then you get your quarterback, the leader of this group. It looks like he's moping off the field and, you know, that time where you threw the picks, you threw the pick in the end zone where they re- really needed him to be on his game. Yeah, it happens. But you know what? You fall to the ground and, you, you know, you cusp your – hands over your helmet and it looked like you got hurt it looked like you got beat up you didn't you didn't get hit you're just mopey again you went you got up and you kind of shrugged your shoulders and you walked off and there's no fire in that you know there's no fire in the leader that says hey you know what we can still get this we got another five minutes to go we can score a touchdown to tie this game and there's none of that it looks you and i have talked about this so many times this year caleb you've said it so many times that this team has no – it seems like they give up in the fourth quarter when the game is in hand. When the game can be theirs, when the game can be won, this game is only a touchdown away from a tie to get us to overtime. A touchdown and it could be a two-point two conversion to win. It's like pulling teeth. I said that to you when we're sitting there and we're both eating wings, right? And I said, man, it feels like we're – it's like pulling teeth to get a touchdown out of this team. This is, we're talking about a team who's only thrown nine touchdowns the entire year. That, what's that tell you? Well, that's not going to be – he's not going to throw a touchdown. 
we have a hard time even running the ball. We need a fullback on the one-yard line to push and grind their way into the touchdown. And I said, you know, we're not going to score another touchdown this game. I knew it. I felt it. And I was hoping that our defense would hold on, and they didn't. So, Yeah. No, it was... It's a complete meltdown. That's what this game was. Yeah, and we had talked about the... um... <clears throat> how it usually seems that Brandon Peters being in the game is uh, rejuvenates the team. Uh, you didn't see any of that this game. There were a no. lot of players that just seemed yep. off, yep. and uh, there was no fire. There was no intensity, and we've talked about that throughout the year, uh, especially against specific teams where you know you watch – and it works for them. As annoying as it is, it works for them. But Michigan State always talking about disrespect and things like that. It is a fuel for them, and they feed off of it, and they play uh, motivated from it. And Michigan never seems to have anything for that. Uh, no. Didn't uh, The only time that you can maybe say that you may have saw a glimmer from it was the Ohio State game because they stayed in that game, and they produced in that game when you didn't think they were. And maybe they had that because of how crappy things ended with the game last year. Outside yeah, of that, you didn't see yeah. anything anywhere. No, it was a better called game, too. Yeah. I mean, it was a better played game, better called game, a little bit of enthusiasm during that game. You and I saw, we, you know, we knew it was really a uphill battle to even beat Ohio State, but they played better. And I agree. But this, we're talking about, you know, weeks on end to prepare for the for this bowl game and they look sluggish, you know, there's times where I saw, you know, I did see the video of them on, on the beach of Florida and having a good time. And a lot of the guys in, in my, <laughs> some of those guys just didn't look in shape. You know, they look, you know, we we're talking about the holiday season. You had Thanksgiving, you go through Christmas and you're eating a lot. They just didn't look healthy. They didn't look like they're prepared for the game. You know, I, I even mentioned to you, you remember when we were eating and I was said to you, I looked over to you and I said, doesn't our offensive line look 10 times bigger than South Carolina's defensive line? They just look, I, and I don't mean bigger, I mean swelled up, like swollen. And they look slow. The block, off the blocks, they were slow. Uh, they look like um, they weren't blocking very well. They weren't quick off the, off the count. Um, and it, and you can tell wh- why that happened because the very fact is Peters got sacked. He looked like he was running for his life. And then you're right. He was telegraphing every throw he was doing almost. He looked, he was staring down receivers. There's no progressions at all with, with him. And you could see that with him and his demeanor. And it was, well, I hate to say it, but you know what? We're, we, you and I went through three, <laughs> we've seen three quarterbacks. All three of them seem to look like, they don't know what they're doing. They literally look like they're running for their lives or they just – all three of them seem to collapse under pressure. None of them can handle pressure of football. None of them can handle pressure being the leader of Michigan football and handle the pressure of being down by seven or being from behind and winning a game. They just can't do it. Yeah. No, it was awful. Uh, well, uh, to mention this – you mentioned how there was nine touchdowns for the season. Yeah. And and that's for the team. Yeah. That's for the team. Right. We're talking we're talking all the other two quarterbacks. Yeah. If you go in and you look at the national stats for the touchdown leaders, through ninety eight quarterbacks that have played this season, all of them have thrown double digits. Those are quarterbacks. Yeah. So there are ninety. There are over a hundred quarterbacks that are showing better numbers than the three that Michigan put on the field. Now I want to use this to go ahead and take this conversation uh, about the quarterbacks into another direction. Then and just say that this more than anything should show you that I honestly. Honestly, can't see how you can uh, not come to this conclusion that it is a coaching issue and not a player issue. You cannot tell me that Michigan has gotten three of these quarterbacks, three, three of them who um, uh, who have played previously. uh, Some of them have played played previously. 
uh, at other schools and other scenarios. Uh, yeah, sure, one was fresh and everything, but you're telling me that three of them were incapable of coming together and producing 10 passing touchdowns for the season? No, that is a coaching issue. Yeah. You, oh, yeah. you saw the talent. You saw the potential. You saw the possibilities. Yep. And so you're telling me that none of those guys could have been coached differently and you could have not game planned differently to work to their skill sets and to better produce things. Because then if you're just like, oh, well, offensive line. Well, guess what? You're looking at all the recruits that Michigan has had over the years and everything, and you're telling me that they couldn't have been better coached to have better results to do better pass protection, to have a better performance on the field, that's another coach thing too. And then talking, even just talking about the mentality, you know, some of these young players, they have it. They just, Mm -hmm. they just have it. Um, And yeah, some, uh, and so you recruit for that. You try to get those kids to come to your school. And some of them you have to teach it to. There were questions on why Brandon Peters didn't start at the beginning or start before O'Corn did, and there were some of those things about those leadership qualities. And mm-hmm. you didn't really see it before, but looking at this game, you saw where that could come out. And guess what? You can get past that with coaching. Now, of course, and in the end, yeah, if Peters doesn't want any of it and just being uh, total pain and uh, not paying attention to any of the coaching that is given to him, yeah, that could cause problems. But I would honestly feel like if that was the case, they wouldn't have him playing if he was that difficult to work with. So, yeah, yeah, this just comes down to uh, everybody throughout the – and I know that it was more than just this, but everybody getting on the quarterbacks throughout the year and everything. um, And and rightfully so. There were some bad mistakes, and we've already mentioned some of what Brandon Peters in the game that was just poor decision-making and staring down receivers. But in the end, coaching. Yep. You are responsible for the people underneath of you and their performance, and this was just – Awful. The season was terrible, but this was just kind of like the turd on top of the already crap pile that was sitting there. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Just to kind of put you uh, fans into knowing how, why do we believe this is coaching and why the coaching has failed this year as, as far as developing these quarterbacks. Corn, who's been in the system quite a few years, you had Spate unfortunately go down, but you know he wasn't doing too well in the beginning. And then you had Peters come in, who's actually been in the system a year before, and he digressed and looked bad. This gives you some sort of uh, – we saw Georgia the other night play up against uh, Oklahoma. Georgia, on the other hand, has a freshman quarterback in Jake Fromm. He threw for 21 touchdowns this year. But a lot of people say, so what? Well, guess what? Georgia is not a 70% run team. They don't even throw the ball. In fact, go look at Jake Fromm's stats per game. He only throws the ball 13 to 15 times a game. That's it. And he threw for 21 touchdowns this year. What's that tell you? That tells you Michigan can't move the ball, uh, throwing the ball. Peters struggled. He looked bad. His body posture is bad. I don't know if they can fix that. Look, you can say Shea Patterson can come in and change everything. Great. But you know what? If you don't have the right coaches there, look, I'll say this. If we move on, I'll move on from Peters, but I'll also say some of the play calls in this game was just head-scratching. You and I are going to about jump into that and just – it was god-awful. I, I don't think I've seen a poorly coached game in my entire life by Jim Harbaugh. It was just a bad coached game by him. It's one of his worst. Yeah. And, well, here, put put this in perspective too. It's just like, okay, yeah, John O'Corn, nobody really cared for him a whole lot outside of the Purdue game and what he was able to do there. He was at Houston. Yes, put in context, different context, uh, conference, American conference, different level of competition, sure. But he was able to produce in one season 28 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Yeah. And then he comes to Michigan with better players around him and yet somehow finishes this season off with two touchdowns and six interceptions. Right. Yeah. So what – yeah. So just just to put that out there. Um, One thing – or I feel like I'm slowly kind of moving this conversation into slightly different directions. But 
this then leads me to talking about the coaching and everything, and I saw it. And actually, let me get this out here because um, usually I don't disagree with this individual, and uh, they have a lot of great things to say, but I saw this and kind of had a hard time with it. Um, uh, Nick Bumgarner. Yeah. Uh, with I think he's with the Free Press now. Um, yep. But he was saying, and he was getting, uh, let's just go ahead and kind of say annoyed with how many times that he said this. But he was saying, for the I've lost count time this season, Michigan runs Jim Harbaugh's offense, guys. He's not standing there silently watching as plays roll in. I honestly feel like calling BS on that. Because yeah. how, how does it go from the exciting, the uh, creative, the uh, well-flowing offense that we saw in year one yep. with Fish <laughs> right. as the coordinator, yep. and then all of a sudden we go to Drevno for these past two years, and you see, you know, nope. just Tiffany. absolute crap all over the board. Now, yeah. is Jim Harbaugh maybe making the decisions? Like, could I see it where Jim Harbaugh has the playbook that is produced by Drevno and making the decisions from that? Yes. But you cannot tell me that this playbook that they have, that they have been running on this year, where they produce so many, so much crap, like yeah. spread through game after game after game, is the same playbook that they used back when Jim Harbaugh came in year one. You cannot tell me that. I'm sorry, but can you be too, so oblivious that you're saying this is Jim Harbaugh's off? Why would Jim Harbaugh then be changing the offense so drastically from something that worked two years ago to right. the absolute garbage that we saw this past Monday? Why would he continue down that path? Why would he be making that decision? No, you cannot tell me that this is quote unquote Jim Harbaugh's offense. I can't believe that. No, is it loyalty? And we're talking about Drev now. I mean, are we talking about, you know, Jim Harbaugh is so devoted to and loyal to his his coaches and the staff that, you know, he's gonna let Drevnow use it. I I would have to say, yeah, that you know what, I, I don't I agree with you. I just don't see this. You and I agree. I think Jim Harbaugh is a great coach. I just think he's getting in his way with this loyalty thing. I think he's letting the wrong people call call the plays. It was anemic. This whole offense was anemic. We're talking about, heck, I remember Nick Sheridan and Stephen Threat threw 12 passes in their tenure at Michigan. That's much. That's more than what we had, and we went to a spread back then, and we didn't know what we were doing. So that's terrible. But we're talking about a team. Look, this is what this is where offenses, the defenses on the other team have figured out this offense and how bad and how poorly it's run. They figured out Michigan pretty easily from get go. Now look now look at these stats. Michigan State, we're talking Higdon, okay, and Evans. Michigan State, we ran the ball 39 times. We only got 102 yards. That's an average of 2.6 yards. Penn State, we ran it 36 attempts, 100 yards, 2.8 yard average. Wisconsin, we ran the ball 37 times. We got 58 yards. That's 1.6 yards a carry. Ohio State, we ran the ball 42 times, 103 yards, 2.5 yards a carry. South Carolina, we ran the ball 33 times. We got 74 yards with only 2.2 yards of carry. That tells me right there that we're all trying. We have a horrible offensive line, and we're trying to run the ball that many times, and we can't even muster 100 yards. We're talking around over 30 yards of carry. I mean, 30 attempts, and we can't even average over 100 yards. You said it yourself. Michigan has a hard time winning any games when we can't get a, a rusher over 100 yards. We can't do it. So we re they just stack the box, and they let our quarterbacks throw, and it doesn't happen. We are uncreative. We can't. Look, you and I laughed our heads off. I actually looked at you and I said, did they, just, uh, did they just hand the ball off to a tight end? And you went, yeah. I went, no. And you went, yeah. I went, that's impossible. Who calls that? I, I, it blows my mind. Who calls that kind of stuff? A tight end. We're talking McKeon, right? The guy's had, what, two catches 
all year? It makes zero sense to me. I, I just, I'm, I'm, I don't get it. Oh, McKean, McKeon's had more catches than that. He was actually, I think, leading receiver at one point. But, yeah, he's never taken a handoff before, and why you would ever have him, I don't know. But right. but then right. there was even the third and – I think it was the third and 15, and they ran it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's I mean, like, who called that? I, You're averaging 2.2 yards a carry. Yeah, seventy-four yards, thirty-three attempts, two point two, and you're going to run the ball. It, and even you and I said, and there's a third and long. Literally, I was like, "Why aren't you running routes for over ten yards? They're all five-yard routes." And I go, "Well, that doesn't make any sense. You're not going to get the ball to them." And then we have a fourth, fourth and one, and all the guys go what fifteen to twenty-yard routes on a fourth and one that we needed to get before it ended. Yep. Explain that. It doesn't. It, it, I, I, I don't know how many times there were where you're on, they were in a drive and they were going down the field and it wasn't like third and long or anything. It'd be like first or second down and you'd be watching and all the receivers were off the screen <laughs> and you're like, who's he going to pass it to? Right. There's there's no dump route. There's no um, yep. slant. Screen. There's no, nobody crossing the field. Everybody's down the field at least 10 yards. And yeah, it's like. This, yeah, this is backyard ball here. This is go to the, you know, go to the playground with your buddies on a Sunday and your friends. And you just say, hey, you know, we're playing backyard ball. Everybody go long, <laughs> you know, you know, and then you just do just everybody just run long and I'll just chuck the ball up. It felt like that. It just it was so badly called i mean i can't tell you how many times i was just shaking my head going what are we doing it's beyond me i don't get it yeah no there well it was just um there was now, that- you, i'm sorry do you believe it was because of the you know jim harbaugh you know rotating the, lo- the offensive line he's, he's shuffling the line or something like that we know in this game that the o-line was moved around quite a bit so I I honestly don't know. I mean, I don't think anything's really helping that offensive line here on short turnaround. Right. Um, it's just it's just been poor all year. So I don't think there was really anything that would have helped it or really even damaged it all that much because it was in such disrepair. So, um, yeah, no, it was just so many things with this game where you – you're just shaking your head. I mean, like you were just mentioning, I remember we were having the conversation. There was one point where Peters just heaved it down there. He, it was almost like he wasn't even aiming. And right. he was playing a game of 500, and he's just like, here you go. This isn't to anyone. Whoever can catch it, catch it. Yeah, double covered. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, so. And, and it's interesting that in the last two games that Michigan's played, we've had a 14-point lead against Ohio State, and we – we blew that, and we had a 16-point lead against South Carolina, and we blew that. Yeah. That's, that tells you it's a team that just can't keep a lead and, yeah. and doesn't try. So, Well, then going back to the whole conversation that we had about kind of what seemed about giving up, um, yeah. and, and I hate mentioning that because, I mean, I don't we're not in the players' heads and everything, but it's just what you see on the field and what comes to mind. But with the defense and what we were talking about, because – uh, it was almost like in the second half when they, when the offense was just turning the ball over, turning the ball over and everything, and the defense was going out back on the field and back on the field. It's just kind of like, dude, if you're not, not going to first help us by scoring points, but you're going to let alone hurt us by doing all these turnovers, it's like yeah. they were just like, screw this. Yeah, and crucial points too. Higdon with the fumble. And you mentioned right out of the gate, you go, we've had two plays. Well, we've had two chances with between the 20 on turnovers and giving the ball right there and we came away with six points yeah no no touchdowns in those uh within the 20 that we were at and we came away with nordine hitting field goals we had no touchdowns you and i even said i don't trust this team at all to even score a touchdown right here i didn't i knew we wouldn't yeah it was another one of those games i can't remember which one uh, the last time it was maybe it was the ohio state one but it was just kind of like there was still plenty of time. Michigan either had the ball or was about to get the ball or something. And it's just like, no, there's really no hope because what is going to change now that they have not done earlier on in the game 
yeah. that is all of a sudden going to be successful because they've already struggled. So why is the quarterback who has already been having a difficult time making poor decisions all of a sudden going to find composure, going to keep his head on right in the pocket and make uh, great passes? The offensive line is all, all of a sudden going to start blocking. It's just like, no, they haven't been able to turn around. They haven't been able to hold their ground. They haven't been able to produce anything. So why should it start now? Right. And, you know, we're talking about the, you know, the, the this offense in special teams blowing. They always came, these turnovers came at crucial times. Anytime you swing the momentum and back to the other team, you have to get it back. And we just kept not doing that. We kept shooting ourselves in the foot. We had the Higdon on the fumble at the, at the, in, in the 10 yard line, within the 10 yard line, I believe 15, 10 yard line, fumbles the ball. That was a turnover. That could have been. Could have been six points or even a three points. I don't care. And then you had uh, Peoples Jones with the botched uh, uh, kick kickoff, and it gives it right back to the team. And that's another one that led to, a, I believe, a touchdown. Then you had the the one that started it all with Metellus with yes. the t- well, third and down and and long, I believe, and with South Carolina, and does a late hit out of bounds, and it's just, you know what, and gave them the ball, they scored a touchdown, and those kind of things, all those things happen, and then, obviously, Peters, I think he threw, what, two interceptions in this game, and it's just overall bad, bad offense. It, it, you and I both said in the fourth quarter, this team gave up. I don't want to hear anybody say, yeah, this team tried for all fourth quarters. They did not. Yeah, no, that was a great thing to mention because I forgot to bring that up. Metellus, that was the turning point. That was when, um, you know, it was Michigan was still in there. They were still fighting. Yeah, there was uh, ups and downs and everything, but that could have given Michigan the ball back and things could have uh, turned, kind of turned around or whatever. But then he did the late hit and everything after that, yeah. nothing after that went right. Right. They went down, they scored. Michigan couldn't do anything. Michigan fell apart. Offense wasn't doing anything. Uh, There was another turnover, and they threw one play, and they got another touchdown right after that. So essentially, Metellus uh, caused a 14-point swing (laughs) because there were two touchdowns. Right, a whole wave of. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) and that was, I mean, just how can you not, get infuriated over that coming from a player at a key point in a key game that you're still in. I mean, I think even at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I think we were still even winning at that point. Oh yeah. So they haven't even scored a touchdown yet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So just unbelievable that that happened. But then another thing too, that baffles me and this is small because like I said, at the end of the game, we knew that nothing was going to happen because nothing happened all game, but they had, um, we only had one t- uh, one timeout because we had yep. burned the other two timeouts. I can't remember what one of them was for, but one of them was for challenging the fumble by Higdon. And, yeah. And I'm sorry. I, I mean, I, okay, I don't know this. So I, I can't say this was the dumbest thing ever, but it's just like you watch the video, and even before they started replaying it, I was just like, dude, if you know you fumbled it, don't let this happen. Don't use a timeout. This is way too early. And, you tell, you yeah. tell the coach. I fumbled the ball. Yeah, I, and, my, and hit the ground. Right. Yeah, and Higdon. I mean, it was blatant that he yeah. lost that ball. And I know everything's happening so fast and everything. Maybe he wasn't sure if his knee got down or an elbow or something. I don't. I don't know. But it's just like sometimes, sometimes that you do know though. And if you're going to be using a timeout though, if you're going to be challenging it. If, if they're not just stopping it to reviewing it, but they're challenging it, and you know, you can't let that happen. No. I mean, no, you... I, I know that, like I already mentioned, the offense wasn't doing anything, but two uh, two timeouts instead of one timeout, it can, yeah. it can make a huge difference at that. Oh, and you're right. And the thing is, is what Michigan's been Taurus, and you and I have always said um, plenty of times, is Michigan can't get out of their way. In fact, you and I have said – Michigan has a tendency to have all the momentum in the world and do one boneheaded play or some some kind of play that swings the momentum back to the other team and they can never get it back, you know. And it's happened with Ohio State where we got all the momentum going our way and then one play, 
it seemed and and bad plays happen. You know, boneheaded plays sometimes happen. But you know what? What you do is you say, you know what? It was a bad play. Let's get it back. And you know what? And Michigan just has a hard time getting out of their way. And then this game, this is a perfect example. Metellus does that play and a whole wave of disappointment, all a whole wave of uh, receivers messing up and dropping balls. I mean, I can't even, I, I don't even know if I even want to bring that up because Peters didn't get any help with the receivers. It's just a blatant right into their hands and dropping the balls. And it just snowballed after that. It was just one mistake after another. And there was, no, uh, even at the at at the end of the third quarter, Jim Harbaugh didn't never even seemed like he was pissed off. It didn't look like he was getting on the on the players. There was nobody even on the sidelines, like a Baker Mayfield that's screaming at him, going, "Let's get this, let's win this game, let's get this game back, and let's win it. Let's tie this game to go to overtime and win it all." There's none of that in this offense. Nobody's a leader. Like I said, there's no leader on this team on the offense. There isn't. Yeah, that's what it seems like. And that, and that was uh, something else that we talked about while watching the game was that there was no um, – oh, shoot, what was it? There's no fire. There's no passion. Nothing. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, there was no – whenever Peters looked like he was doing – like getting the, uh, the passes on target of the receivers, the receivers weren't catching. Then when Peters was throwing the ball all over the place – um, sometimes the receivers would st- step up and make a great catch and everything, but there was no, there was never one point in time that anything was working for the offense together at the same time. The running game, the passing game, and the throwing game. Nothing was working at the same time. Yep. Yeah, I mean, we had that one driver. It seemed like they came out of the thir- into the third quarter, and they, they were doing, what, uh, slants, and it was working. We drove the ball down, we scored. But after that, they... It, you like you said. I never saw a receiver do any slant. I never saw a tight end do any slant patterns. I never saw him do any. I never saw any screens. I never saw anything like that. It's like they went, "All right, we're we're moving away from that," and it worked. I mean, what do you do when you pass? You open up the run game. No wonder why Higdon had no room. He was a little banged up, but Evans had no room. In fact, Evans and Higdon didn't look very well, even. When they blocked well, it looks like they're running into the tackle, uh, the defensive line, and they weren't creating any holes. They weren't seeing the whole field when they were running. It was just an overall bad outing, and it, you can say it's the players, but you know I'm going to blame it solely on the coaching. I think it's one of Jim Harbaugh's worst. Yeah, well, then to even go into worse details and talk about things even worse than this is uh, to mention that the when the other players figured out what was going on. When South Carolina knew what we were doing, when South Carolina felt that we had given up, uh, or we, sorry, the team had given up. So, yeah, it's uh, the other team made comments about that. I don't know if you have that up or not. Uh, There were direct comments made about uh, the South Carolina team knew what we were running. They even even said that like 80% of the plays were the same thing over and over again. And then they also said there was a specific point in the game where they were just like, yeah, Michigan gave up. Yeah, I have it here if you want me to read it. Go ahead. So, uh, obviously, as a secondary or a defensive back for uh, South Carolina was uh, quoted or had an interview with the game after the game, was talking about the game. And here's the interviewer asking them questions about the game. And here it was. Was there a moment on the defense where you felt you had really solved that offense? His his quotes were, the first two drives, they they gave us everything. After that, we knew we could stop everything. Were they running tendencies like that, like the same routes? A lot of them. What type of routes? The choice route where a receiver runs a mesh and the tight ends run runs a dig so they ran that probably 85% of the time, and they ran a lot of stop routes on the backside. Was that something you had picked up on film? Yes. <laughs> the very two plays, they already figured us out. Yeah. Heck, even I figured them out. It's pretty easy. You and I did. <laughs> yeah, it was just terrible. When you got ball players who really have played ball all their all their lives – and they and you and I are just fans of watching football and watching Michigan for a long, long time. 
and this guy, these guys know football. They, they do. And they picked up on this. Yeah, it's that's not good. So. Yeah, no, it's been bad. So so this this team's got a lot of work to do, you know, and I will say, do I think Jim Harbaugh, like some are saying, be fired? Heck no, I don't. I'm I'm not there yet. But I will say this, some coaches, coaching changes need to be done. I think some – he's going to have to rotate some coaches in and out and get some new ones in and do whatever he needs to do. I think he will. Um, I think this team has a – heck of a lot of talent coming back next year in 2018 um i think they i think he's gonna get get it back on course like we should uh, hopefully we should um but you know this 2018 like steve said man there's no excuses if he doesn't <laughs> you have to this is this is the year this is the year he has to produce man he just got it yeah and well uh steven already touched on the bright point from uh, after this game, and that is that Chase Winovich did announce that he will be returning, which actually I am shocked right. because yeah. when I was saying beforehand that I thought he was going to come back, I had in my mind that Michigan would be winning this bowl game, which they didn't. Yeah. So I thought Chase would maybe just be like, nope, that's it. I'm good. I'm done. You but, think that led to his decision, or you think you already knew? I think uh, I think it led to his decision, but I don't know. It's kind of tough to say. Yeah, I think he knew that all the talent that was coming back, I think he knew already he was staying. I think he just has a feeling there's so much talent, especially on the defensive end, and then you got the receivers and you know, uh, and, and Shea Patterson's a, a bright spot with Michigan if he starts and get him coached up, got to get him coached up, and, um, and get this offensive line rolling. The offensive line is key. Um, then, you know, there can be bright things happening. So I think maybe that's why Winovich wants to come back. And, you know, maybe his draft stock will even go higher. So Yeah, we'll we'll see. But it's good to have him coming back. And there are already um, conversations happening where they think coaches, uh, there are coaching changes. Uh, you've talked about the loyalty of Jim Harbaugh. Do you believe that he is kind of the type of person? Because even when um, – Brady Hoke was on his way out. He always seemed to make sure that everybody was treated well. So I don't think it's going to come down to anyone really being fired. I think it's more of the, and I've seen other people say too, that they're going to find other jobs, which right. I can understand to a certain degree, but also at one, at some point it's just like, look, somebody's not performing well, they get fired. Yep. It's part <laughs> of what happens and everything. Yep. And He's been in coaching long enough. His family's been in the game long enough. He knows that that happens. Everybody who's working in the industry, if they have not been fresh off the boat or fresh into the system, however you want to say it, they know that that happens. So it's just a part of it. It's not you saying that you hate their guts, but it's just like, look, it's not working out. You've had a great experience here. You're going to be able to find another job. Yeah, and you just, you know, you're right, and you just get the the pieces that work, and you get uh, offensive coordinator, you get uh, the receivers coach, quarterback coach, and you look, an offensive line coach, they're all going to take a lot of heat um, on whether they're going to be back or not. We don't know. Um, maybe they move back to, you know, maybe Jay Harbaugh goes back to a tight ends coach, and, uh, and Drevno moves back to where he was, and and then you get an offensive coordinator that can get this team rolling that's innovative. I, I think you and I said the same thing. It's it's the lack of innovation and creativity on the offense this whole entire season. There was just so vanilla, so um, calculated as far as, you know, the other team knowing what we're doing because it was so obvious. I mean – a lot of people are saying, we haven't even opened up the playbook. I'm like, well, heck, you can't even execute the 10 plays that maybe we're doing. And like that cornerback said, it, it was pretty obvious what we were doing, and we couldn't even execute that well. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. So a uh, lot of um, off-season topics that we'll talk on and things happening and sure – sure that coaching things will change and everything with that so uh we're kind of wrapping things up here around close to an hour 
Um, I guess kind of before we go, I do want to have a question for you. Did you have anything else? Um, no, just the very fact is, you know, you and I were even thinking Michigan's got to deliver as far as being the one. Hope we weren't the one loss in the bowl season. You know, congratulations to the other Big Ten uh, teams on winning their bowls, and Michigan didn't deliver, and it's disappointing as heck. But uh, I believe the Big Ten turned out really, really well in the in the bowl season and did great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, definitely for sure. I mean, Michigan, Michigan has nothing to stand on for the season. Absolutely nothing. And essentially, they are the laughing stock of the conference right now because of everything that they have that they said that they were going to have, and the players that they've had, and the lack of performance, and going eight and five, and not winning the bowl game, and not beating a team with a winning record. Nothing working in their favor, and uh, just. You know, being only one win against the rivals and the blowout against Penn State, nothing, nothing looking good, really. I mean, except for the defense. Yeah. And my question be to you is a quick question would be even to the fans is how many games do you think that the defense won for this team throughout the year? Since Michigan's throwing only nine touchdowns for touchdowns this year, what's that say about the? defense how many games if we didn't have our defense step up and don brown coaching his butt off with this team how many games do you think we would have lost it would have been awful it would have been like maybe six and six yeah i agree yeah i agree yeah so yep. yeah yeah no that that was that's that's a horrible thing to think about so thanks greg <laughs> thanks for the nightmares yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, well, it's a, it's a question a lot of people, you know, you got to pose and think oh, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah you got to. Don Brown did his job, man. Thank God for Don Brown. <laughs> right, right. All right, well, I have one quick question for you then uh, before we sign things off here and everything uh, with the results of the other bowl games, and I'm sure we'll talk about more things next week. But are you going to be watching the game Monday night, the national championship Uh-oh. game? <laughs> I watch every game, man. Yeah, I'll watch it. But, yeah, it. To me, it's going to be really, really weird because I'm going to see two teams on the field playing, and I'm not going to think it's a national championship. I'm going to think it, it's a, a SEC championship game, and that's going to be, I don't know, man, two iconic programs going at each other, and it's just out of the same conference. It's just odd to me. Well, they did that LSU-Bama thing a while back, yeah. I remember being upset about that too because they didn't let Michigan and Ohio State do that. Right. Um, so I just think it's garbage. So I, I'm not watching it. I probably won't. I probably won't even bother following it, and I'll just wait to hear who won the next day. So well, unless it's a, I mean, unless it's a, if it's a 16 to a you know 10 game, no one's going to watch this game. People want to see fireworks. <laughs> Like the Oklahoma and Georgia game, I want to see you know scores. They want to see things doing. But yeah, you're right. If it's a low score, you know, I know I love defense. I love good good defensive play. But if this game doesn't get points on the board, it's going to be a dull game. Yeah. Well, I I don't I won't know because I'm not going to watch it. So, uh, but anyways, yeah, it's a rough way to end off the. The official season of the 2017-2018 season, um, but this is this is where it ends. Yeah, we will be with you all uh, each and every week, though. And so we thank you guys for the voicemails. Definitely had an increase of that here in 2017. Appreciate that. That was great. Uh, we're always looking at uh, doing new things and changing things up and uh, made, making improvements along the way. Uh, so there'll be some different things here in 2018. And uh, if you guys do want to get a hold of us, bluebrotherssportscast at gmail.com is our email. Um, And then the voicemail, which is growing in popularity, is 551-258-3276. That can be called uh, really at any time. Uh, Easy to remember, 551-BLUE-BRO. And then talk to us on Twitter. Hit us up whenever you want. Blue Bros underscore Caleb or underscore Craig. And that is it. This is our first episode of 2018. I wish I could say that it would be uh, better, 
but unfortunately it's not. Yeah. Appreciate so, the fan base. Appreciate the year we had and appreciate you, bro. Caleb had a good time and, um, happy new year to you. And, uh, if we have another year of this, man, it's going to be fun. Yeah. I appreciate you too, man. And thanks everybody. And we'll finish off with go blue. Go blue.